0: Welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about slowly making changes to your character sheet until you're a 20th-level wizard without telling your GM.
1: I'm Brandon. And I'm James. Today we're going to be talking about compendium classes, costume changes, and 7C stories. How to get specific with narrative permissions. I wanted to hit up a couple things, right quick, right quick right before quick we really right quick before we totally dove into this because we first, didn't talk about this last time.
0: Yeah, so first off apologies to Edward Norton
1: uh, who <laughs> yeah. has reached no. out to
0: us uh, no. <laughs> and apologize that we didn't punch him sooner.
1: Yeah. It's my apology. I'm sorry that he didn't agree to join our uh, street race. Yeah. Yeah, it was really it wasn't I mean, cool my, of him. I mean, every single one of these email uh, podcasts we do uh have our email addresses in the in the end. He could email us. He Mm can reach out to us on Twitter. It hasn't happened yet. He knows. We're available. We're available. Yeah. He he knows what he did.
0: But Uh, please do not tweet at Edward Norton. I was just thinking about it. Okay. But (laughs) for real. For real. I was talking to listeners, James. I assumed you
1: would know not to tweet at Edward Norton. (laughs) I know nothing. nothing. Okay, Tweet at Edward Norton. So here's what I wanted to talk about, real quick, because it's kind of relevant and it's a and uh, we didn't talk about it last time. Yeah, uh, we did mention that we rolled out a new Patreon stuffs. Yes, um, and I wanted to talk about the goals because I don't think we talked about the the goal changes um because Oh, I don't think we did. We, we had we had sort of talked briefly about the fact that like our most recent goal was at like $20 because it was inconceivable <laughs> to us that we were going to beat that. Uh so we now have a $150, 200 and $300 goal. Um I may kick the $300 goal down to 250 depending um but those goals are and, and so really I just want to talk about the 150 because that's like we're okay. we're sitting at about $100 a month. And this $150 goal is something that I've wanted to do for a while. And it would be that we would record an episode of Stop Back and Roll, this podcast, live. Um, Not like live at a location, uh, just live (laughs) on the internet. Um, I don't think we're quite big enough, and all of our listeners are scattered around. Yeah. uh, So it'd be hard to find the right spot. Eventually, we will probably do a live show, but for the time being, that'd be so cool. But for the time being, uh, we would record it live, probably maybe on Twitch, maybe on the Discord. We would see exactly how we would do that, um, but somewhere where you could listen to it. Um, and then then following that up, we I would edit the podcast live, definitely on Twitch. Um, I've been thinking about doing this for a while. I've been talking yeah. to a lot of people about how I edit the podcast. And uh, if you're interested in seeing the sort of like raw underbelly of this podcast and how like the sausage gets made. I think that could be a fun thing. And then you could like, if you were, if you were really like into
0: those, it. I love those mixed metaphors, James. Yes. Yeah. The um, sausage gets made in the raw underbelly of
1: this podcast. Yep. The raw yeah. sausage. <laughs> the raw um,
0: underbelly sausage.
1: But, uh, um, and so you could listen to the podcast live and then come listen to it again live while I edit it. And then you could listen to it again, <laughs> edited on the feed and like go through the whole process. Right. We do
0: know that most of our fans listen at three times speed, three times in a row.
1: Unfortunately, so I will only edit already. at one time speed, so... You'll probably it edit it
0: slower than one time speed, actually. Well, that will probably uh, be the slowest speed.
1: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Not You'd be surprised, though. And then, so then, if you want, we go back and look at the rest of them. I won't go into some, in much detail, but the $200 level is that we'll do, like, an evening with talking to us and maybe anyone else who wants to join us about Party and City and some of the back, like, the... um the decisions that go into character design and world design and how we do the sort of like how we make the sausage of that podcast. Yeah. Um, and then one thing that I really want to do for the 300, which is why I may kick it down to 250, is uh, <laughs> I want to make a podcast with Brandon about the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon show because he hasn't seen it and I have seen <laughs> most of it and it is absolutely insane.
0: Yeah. And with all of these goals also, these are... You may notice that these are kind of one-time goals, but the additional support also gives us much more ability to do more regular stuff as well. Like, there are, there's uh, a couple of expansions to Protean City that we've been wanting to do for ages that additional support would make much easier, and there's things that we've been wanting to do with game design and getting on and maybe more actual play, more discussion of how to GM and things like that, that we'd love to do, that we don't want to set as a specific goal, because if the Patreon plateaus, we still want to be able to do it when we're able to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but the support that we get on Patreon does move up those timetables. Like, Protean City came much earlier than we thought we were going to be able to do it, because we had a bunch of support that we <laughs> were not expecting, and we able to get the mics and everything like that.
1: Yep. And then the other thing that I wanted to just call out is that sometime, probably the beginning of next month, I will send out a uh, message through the Patreon to any of the $3 or higher backers uh, for people who want to submit um, topics for this. Uh, we, we, of course, encourage everyone to submit topics. We're not going to like not listen to your topics. Um, but those people who are uh, helping us out and paying that $3 a month or more, uh, they kind of get a, a more direct um And this is something that makes it that we can go
0: like, hey, no, we should do this topic. Let's push ourselves. Let's get to that topic.
1: And speaking of topics. Ah. And and speaking of segues, let's talk about the topic. (laughs) Yeah. um, Which is going to be kind of a... um, So we had sort of started talking about... um, you've been doing a lot of work recently with compendium classes. Yes. uh, Which is a sort of PBTA thing, as I understand it. I'm hoping that as part of this, you can explain to me what compendium classes are, because I'm not (laughs) 100% on them. Sure. Um, And one of, but but what I understand is that they are designed to sort of fill in um, transition spaces or um, do temporary interesting things with playbooks. And I have... Uh, another solution to that problem that's similar but different um and so yeah we're going to talk about sort of like transitioning and and um and and sort of like life events to make your characters feel more lived in yeah uh so I think that, let's, I think that covers it I think so
0: so let's start with compendium classes uh you you've got to kind of like half right that yes, I am absolutely working on things that are basically compendium classes. But whether they are transitional classes or not is, is a little more... What I'm working on is very transitional. What is traditionally a compendium class isn't necessarily. Okay. So, so
1: where did compendium classes come from?
0: So compendium classes are basically from Dungeon World. Do you remember prestige classes from D&D 3.5 and forward? Yes. Maybe even 3.0 and forward action. I don't think. Actually, you know what? Prestige classes go all the way back. Do you remember prestige classes from Dungeons and Dragons? No no, okay, uh, so in Dun do you remember Dungeons and dragons
1: um, that's that uh it was that movie right With, no uh, it was the a Wings cartoon. brothers
0: no, it was a cartoon show oh uh, okay, yeah, I haven't seen it i've <laughs> I've heard it I've heard it's bad, and that we're gonna be maybe doing it. no, it's so good. God it's help us show, The
1: cartoon is so good, I love it
0: so uh, I'm gonna explain basically prestige classes and compendium classes at the same time. Because they're essentially the same thing with one big difference. Um, You are in D&D or in Dungeon World, you have a playbook or a class, right? And those tend to be relatively generalized things. You might be a fighter, and that means you fight with fighting stuff. You might be a wizard, you've got spells and stuff like that. But it's a little bit less common to be like, oh, this is the arcane... Uh, the Arcane Trickster playbook. Now, in Dungeon World, there's some stuff like that. That like, hey, we want to, from the very beginning, be a rogue that has a little bit of magic-y stuff. But at least in core D&D, you start out general, and then you can eventually get into a prestige class. And the prestige classes are really specific. They're themed around a very specific thing. It is, I use a bow, and I put spells on my bow, and I shoot them. Or... I I look at shadows and I dance through them, and that's all it does. It gives you that one kind of big feature and really puts you into a very specific, narrow, thematic feeling. For compendium classes, you're essentially doing the same thing, except the difference is compendium classes can only be joined if you meet a kind of narrative requirement instead of the mechanical requirement that most prestige classes from D&D have. They also tend to be super, super specific. So, you might have something like uh, when you drink the waters under the temple of Benachorach, you can become a wizard of Benachorach and you get very specific moves and things that have to do with that. Mm -hmm. So, no one is going like, hey, I want to be a Wizard of Benachorach as my beginning thing, you couldn't, it isn't even a full playbook. It is just a list of moves that you get to take as you advance instead of the moves you normally would take. Does
1: that make sense? Yes. Is it always instead of, or is it sometimes like a, alongside?
0: So basically you add it, for Dungeon World, you add it to your list of potential moves. Okay. Uh, dungeon world is a system that you have an enormous amount of moves to choose from. Yeah. So like you kind of build your own pathway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the moves tend to be really specific. They tend to do things that the playbook moves, uh, aren't as direct about doing. There's some really really neat ones. Uh, the gauntlet has had a couple of uh contests to make them. And there's there was one that like you you burn sections of the paper oh, and. Like, there's some really cool stuff. Uh, like, I, I feel a certain kindred spirit connection to the Gauntlet because they've got such a game making community over there and they're doing such amazing stuff. But uh, they've got all sorts of things. Uh, Discerned Realities would be the podcast to check out for that.
1: Hmm. Might have to do that. Oh, you, sh-
0: you don't listen to Discerned Realities?
1: <laughs> I don't, no.
0: Oh, my God, bro. That made me so sad. That's such I'm a sorry. good podcast. I'll have to. That is probably in my top five podcasts. That is, that is I, I in really my top five podcasts.
1: Primarily, I listen to Stop, Back, and Roll and Party in City. <laughs> uh, and frankly, I don't have a lot of time for anything else. Yeah, no, I get that. And you don't have a commute, so... <laughs> yeah, 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 my commute is like three minutes long.
0: Yeah. You can listen to the intro. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
1: um, so, that's, so that's interesting. So, um, yeah, so that's
0: a compendium class. You do a very specific fictional trigger... And you unlock the compendium class, and then you have moves that you can take.
1: And I, and I, as I understand it, that can that can be things like you become a cleric of whatever that the uh, the dude you just said
0: the one I the one I totally made up. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. And so then you have like a a sort of like an ongoing thing, Um yeah. where um, where you where you get extra ability, you get possible moves to take. Uh, that are triggered by the fact that you meet sort of like narrative uh, fact, narrative yeah. uh, status, narrative status, um, or it can be things like you're a fallen paladin, and so here are yeah. some like fallen paladin style moves uh, that you can take, And but if you take actions to repent and, and gain the faith back from your god, uh, well then you maybe give up all those moves and go back to being a regular paladin.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly the. I mean, yeah, that's that's the idea behind it. Is that when you narratively fit the thing, then you should have the things from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, a lot. Not a lot of the compendium classes necessarily have endpoints, which is kind of where uh, the costume changes, which is mm-hmm. what I've been working on for masks. Uh, are a little bit different. Now you could make straight up compendium classes for masks there would be zero problem with that um i've just kind of been in a design space that was more of like a transient thing That mm. it's more of a you don't hang around in what i've been building permanently much much longer. and i should give full credit the name costume change uh is from brendan conway uh i was talking with him about the compendium classes that i was doing and like we we're uh saying that we should come up that i should come up with a better name for it because compendium class isn't super massive. Yeah. Yeah. And he suggested costume change and I love that so much because as a teenage hero, you get that feel of putting on the new costume, trying out something new. Yeah. But with kind of an assumption behind it like uh like Spider-Man in the symbiote suit was not going to become a paragon of the city. Yeah. He had to deal with the whole symbiote suit thing
1: before he could be the Spider-Man, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one of the things that is actually really interesting about this, because I think this is like, and and you, well, I want to hear you talk about it a little bit, but I like. Sure. Um, One of the things that I have felt is always a little bit weird in, in, um, in, 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 in masks and. Really, to a greater extent, Urban Shadows because I've been I've been running okay. this game of, of Urban Shadows pretty regularly now, and it came up in 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 um in the adventure that I've been running where yeah. one of the characters who was a a sort of a mundane human they were unaware they were mostly a chat room like hacker um and they got bit by a vampire, mm. and so does that the-
0: cause vampirism in your Urban Shadows because it doesn't have to.
1: Well, yeah. So there was no, there's no mechanic for that, and yeah. we we didn't really answer that question. Um, okay. we kind of said uh, it came up in the next session. Um, we start like in the next session we started. We did the rumors, and they heard a rumor about what happens when you get bit by a vampire. Nice. We have not oh confirmed my God. whether that's so good. And so the character thinks he has 72 hours because he went out and started looking for other uh, aware on his like dark web. Oh, that's so good. And so he thinks he has 72 hours before he's gonna start craving blood. And he's like actively started dressing dressing more gothy uh and rolling into <laughs> it, preparing for this change to happen. But we have not yet established whether or not he's right. It just adds a Vaughn to the end to his last name. <laughs> yeah
0: oh that's so good i love that so much
1: but in terms of the mechanics of if we were to say okay yes being bit by a vampire uh does turn you into a vampire well then like you could just say mask style okay the the narrative changed this character is now a vampire and hand him the masks or the hand him the vampire playbook
0: right that would be one option
1: and and but really ignoring the fact that this is being driven by a narrative like every playbook has an advancement option that is change playbooks. Yeah, that's true. And if he were to do that, like mechanically, you're just handing someone a new playbook and that feels really weird to me. Because yeah. that feels like a very abrupt change. Yeah. And really what would be nice is if I had a middle playbook that was like like a compendium class or a costume yeah. change that was like when you've been bit by a vampire, play out these things and like have some moves for what to do if you're trying to move towards being a vampire and have some moves to like if you're trying to fight the urges and stuff like that that you would yeah. play as sort of a middle thing, and then it would make sense for you to be transitioning into the vampire playbook because you'd already had started picking up some vampire traits so um, so
0: let's let's maybe start with kind of the core assumptions of PBTA. Mm-hmm. so there, there are the two options you said if the narrative pushes it you change playbook and if you mechanically choose to change playbook you change playbook each of those comes with an assumption that narrative and mechanics follow each other Yeah. so if you are bit by a vampire and you establish yeah that means you're a vampire is your relationship with the city and how you interact with it, changing to be the way the vampire interacts with it, or are you remaining primarily the aware, yeah, and going into like miniature vampirism things,
1: yeah, right so that's true and and like and especially in urban shadows, there is that way where you can say, "I'm still this playbook, but I'm yeah. changing my faction, and yeah, so you could almost do this like this is this is my problem is that yeah. what you could do is say okay when you are bit by a vampire you turn into a vampire and yes. but he's still unaware who just maybe mm-hmm. sometimes has to make some extra rolls that are like custom gm moves and yeah. then maybe at some point we give him the vampire playbook but say your faction is still mortal and then he does that for a while and then at some point we say okay You've now sufficiently intertwined yourself with the way that the vampires interact with the city. Now you are a knight uh, faction,
0: right? And so, like, what you have to look at is really what drives the what drives the narrative in the right way. So, like, yeah. here's one of those things where I've talked about how masks is a super cool system because you can make the same hero seven different ways.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is Blade the vampire playbook or the hunter playbook? He's a little both.
1: He's probably a a vampire who's he's probably a vampire playbook who is in the mortal faction.
0: See, I actually feel like he is the hunter who is who has vampiric traits, like in the same way that you can be a legacy that looks like a, a a mask's legacy that looks like a big, scary monster. Yeah. Your drama is about where like your playbook is about where the drama for your character is. Uh, Harry Dresden is the wizard, Mm -hmm. but you could make Harry Dresden with a couple little tweaks to the Hunter playbook. Yeah. Because primarily what he does is hunt. He doesn't do a lot of the wizardy stuff that Urban Shadows assumes you're going to be doing.
1: Yeah. And in fact, actually, this is something that I should just talk to one of my players about, but they play a wizard who is a priest as their day job. And so primarily, yeah. he doesn't interact with the larger wizarding community, he interacts with the mortal community. So really, okay. he shouldn't be in the power faction, because yeah. he's not really engaging.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that checks out. I mean, you can also do things as a GM to make it really clear that he is separate from mortality.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but there's also nothing wrong with going like, hey, this is where the fiction points. You know, it'd be a really great advance for you to take.
1: Yeah. Yeah, changing
0: yeah. your faction.
1: But or so, if the
0: narrative changes the faction, the narrative changes the faction.
1: Yeah. This is but so this is my point though, was like those are ways to do this. But it mm-hmm. doesn't but there's no like there's no snowball to that. That's just like the a a story thing has happened. And if the GM feels it's appropriate, you can change it. Or if the character feels it's appropriate. But there's nothing yeah. in the rules that says, when you were bit by a vampire, do this. Right, And yeah. then th- that kicks off a snowball of other moves, like a lot of other things do in PPTA.
0: Yeah, and there's also not a lot of support for if you choose the advance to change. Yeah. Like, if the next time we played Protean City, you were like, I want to be the transformed. And we were like, oh, but you haven't transformed. Formed,
1: yeah great that's nice but okay do we do this, so
0: and then what you do is remember that pbta games are story games mm-hmm. and you accept hey it's okay sometimes to to sit down and say what are we doing here what are we building yeah and say what we're building is an opportunity for puck to become a scary monster and, and we and, go okay how
1: do we do that and also in in a in a in a in a lar- so we've talked in a in a broad sense about how um, if you take something like the security systems, um, yeah, thing on your on your secret base, that's a sick like everything in in PBTA mm-hmm. is a signal to the GM about stories you're interested in. Yeah, if you take the advance, and those are sort of like big sweeping generic-y type things. Um, yeah. if you take the advancement that says. Uh, change, I want to change my playbook to the transformed. That is a signal in bright neon to the GM that says, in Transform this episode, me. <laughs> put me in, in chemicals right now. Yeah. Please, please, please <laughs> put me in those sweet chemicals. Yep. Um, I'm I done need with to this.
0: breathe it in. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm done with this. Um, yeah. My wife is dying. Drop me in cryo fluid. It's time to become <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Exactly.
0: Um, and like, just to kind of put a like a a fine fine point on it when the player says i want an impenetrable security system that is because they want villains to try to penetrate their security system yeah and for them to be able to catch the villain and go i caught the villain yeah like having the security system that you know the villains can't get through is your number one reason to send villains after their base
1: yeah so I like this idea of having like sort of na- na- like basically there like as we've discussed there are a lot of things in PPTA that can narratively trigger changes mechanically. Yeah. And a lot of those things can and and those may be permanent things um like a transition to a new playbook which would remove old stuff but it yeah. may just be things like you are now a priest of this god so you get some extra stuff. Yeah. And having and having mechanical systems like compendium classes or costume changes is a way to help back those up, and they're really cool because you can and 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 the, the nice thing about um about the way that PBTA works is that honestly you could take some of those things and use the concept of compendium classes in pretty yeah. much any other game too, really like oh yeah, maybe absolutely. remove some of the the dicey stuff, but in terms yeah. of the like the narrative permission to go do stuff like, you could really mm-hmm. easily make compendium classes for fate
0: oh yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that's very cool about it is that when you move away from the very highly structured games, like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that, GURPS, Mm -hmm. you get into some spaces where you can just say, hey, this is a move you have. Mm -hmm. Um, One really cool thing to do in a love letter to a player, which is kind of a thing like, hey, stuff happened between sessions. Here's a move you make and you fill in a bunch of fiction and stuff happens. Uh but one really cool thing you can put into a love letter is you get x move.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you just give it to them because who cares? Uh yeah. PBTA games you aren't getting an enormous you aren't getting enormously stronger. You're just kind of getting extra-
1: broader. Yeah, extra narrative permission to do things.
0: Yeah, I I can't remember who I was listening to. I want to say it was um plus one forward. And I think it was the the Sword of the Crown in the Unspeakable Power episode of Plus One Forward that someone described advancing in Apocalypse World as just juggling more knives.
1: <laughs> that's good, yeah.
0: Because you're just you've been given more knives and you get to juggle them, and that's awesome, it's very cool, and eventually one of those knives is going to come down and you're going to die.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And yeah. I love that, because it's true, that's what it is. Especially because one of the advancements is you stop being able to juggle all the knives and you die,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about stories. Okay. Which is a broad thing, but specifically- That's technically what our entire network is about. It is. Um, But specifically stories about uh, in the 7C sense of stories. Okay. I don't believe that you have read a ton of 2nd edition 7C, right? I'm going to be real honest, I read the
0: uh, the Latino expansion okay. to 7C uh, because uh, Mark Diaz Truman worked on it, and because I was very excited about it, and that is
1: legitimately all I've read so far. Okay, then let me tell you about this, because this is really interesting. Um, I spent a whole lot of time, because I've been prepping to run a 7C game, mm-hmm. and I spent a whole lot of time looking for advancement, just trying to find where it would be in the book. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> like it there is like, no le- obvious like you gain XP and okay. you, and you take extra things. Like there is okay. no advanced like there's no chapter in the book called advanced leveling up. Yeah. yeah. So eventually I figure out there is a chapter called stories. And stories are the systems by which you level up in 7C. Okay. And what you do is you say, "Here is my story." My story is um a uh, uh, a pirate captain came into my town when I was young and murdered my parents and that was why I became a pirate myself and i 'm going to find them and i 'm going to destroy them and then you say okay that 's that's my thing that's my story and yeah. what is the like what it what is the goal and so then you would like spell out that the goal is like um you have achieved your story when the pirate the when the pirate dreadlord lies dead at your feet. Um okay. and that as a result of that, you'll gain um some extra maybe an extra advantage. You'll drop your old uh quirk, uh, your old like background that says that you were an orphaned child. Um pick okay. up a pick up a different background saying that you're uh a like a you're now the pirate dreadlord. That sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um and that it's all highly narrative. And then yeah. whenever you whenever you complete a story, you kind of like just start looking for what is the next part of your story. Like Interesting. what are you doing next? And then you when when you find that thing, you then describe the story, set a new goal, and set a reward. And those things can be small, like Interesting. Like this, we had a run-in with this pirate and they stole my gold. So I'm gonna go get my gold back. And when I yeah and or, or like i'm going to compete in a pirate um like uh Ballet shooting contest. shooting tournament and so when i win i'm going to get three ranks in aim
0: okay and, and do so, you set like do you set your victory conditions and stuff like that i think so yes, yes. that's really cool cuz that also um, opens up the field of like i'm i am going to like i am hunting this pirate Mm-hmm. And my story is done when I come to grips with the fact that revenge won't bring me any happiness. Yep. Because, so that is,
1: um, another thing. Which, by the way, I am, that is what I am doing. Yeah. Um. And so you can have, and like, the- and because it's pretty freeform, like, there-, there are, like, we talked a little bit about corruption and how that works yesterday. Like, you can remove corruption, you can add traits, you can add rank up traits, you can add quirks, you can get advantages, pretty much all of the other mechanics. It is an advancement system, but it's all keyed around huh. this like, here is my story. And there's some mechanics for, like, if you get halfway through and you realize that, like, oh, this pirate lord came to my town and murdered everyone because my, par- my people were terrible. Um, well then that's uh, a resolution of the story but it's not the one you laid out and so you would work with the GM to like to come up with different rewards probably and different goals or you can just like walk away from that story and find a new story yeah it's really interesting yeah that's kind of like the
0: first step of a compendium class because essentially when you hit a compendium class almost always you get a move immediately yeah so that is kind of like just the ending of, like it's like telegraphing what you're interested in and then hitting the ending of it. That's in that's super cool.
1: Yeah. So here's the way that I thought that you could tackle some of the same problems in a more freeform way that might okay. work with 7C, would work with PBTA, would work with Dungeons and Dragons, that sort of stuff. Turn these things into clocks. Yes. And so The the way that I that and and then key those clocks to advancement because this is the other thing um, that always bothered me in in D anD D and those kinds of games because they are mechanically driven not story driven yeah um, when you are a wizard and you pick up new new spells you just get those spells when you pick up when you like learn a new feat that lets you use a cool weapon you just get the ability to use that weapon.
0: Well, James, my new heartbreaker d and d hack uh involves training time where the player has to sit out for three months <laughs> if they want to learn new spells
1: uh, so right,
0: so yeah, but that's verisimilitude,
1: so I'm not looking for verisimilitude. What I'm okay. looking for is <laughs> is is a way to add sort of narrative driven stuff. So here is the thought process that I had, yeah, you could take a story and say. My goal is to find the uh, the pirate dreadlord who killed my family and destroy him, and then and then like lay out kind of rough like it's supposed to be specific enough that this is like this is what your character's story is about. This is what they're doing, and and then you could lay out some steps along the way of like become like what are the what are the. The steps along the path that I will that I imagine I will take, and these could be a little bit flexible, right. and you could change them. But you could say things like, "Become a great pirate," "Become a great pirate captain," "Captain my own ship," um, "Like find <laughs> find where the dread pirate is," uh, and then like hunt him and destroy his ship, and then the final stage being uh, like kill him. And- I had a
0: moment. Where I forgot that the example we were doing was pirates and thought the example we were doing was vampires. Well, we could do that too. And I almost said, suck the blood of an innocent. And then I heard,
1: kill the the dread pirate. And I was like, oh, wait. But that's like, that is exactly that's jumping ahead to like what I was going to talk about. Like you could say, here is now the story of this character. They are turning into a vampire. And then along that clock, you have like, what happens the first time they would f- they f- they feel that hunger for blood? What yeah. like, fill in another chunk when they when they drink blood? Uh, and then mm-hmm. like the first time they turn into a bat, or the first time they use their like vampire-y seduction powers, that sort of first stuff. First time they count something, yeah. And yeah. and then you say okay, and when they when they after the first time like they fill in that first chunk, and because they've 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 hungered, now give them a move that says you've got to feed once in a while. Um, yeah. or start to take consequences. and then when they fill in the second chunk of okay, they've fed blo- or they've fed on some some humans, we'll now give them some of the super strengthy moves. Yeah, um, and then when they count th- something, give them increased knowledge or uh, sanity or whatever. Around. Yeah, um, and then and so that what then happens is you are sort of taking out or you're taking you would, what you would do would be in this for that specific case would be take some of the things, the moves, the the features, the traits of the vampire oh. class and string them out to the player along this clock on this story. Yeah.
0: You could even do a thing more like the structure of the Innocent from Masks, mm-hmm. where you have a list of things
1: that oh, happen yeah.
0: that make you more like the thing.
1: Yeah, whenever you do one of these things, check off the next section of the, the, the thing.
0: Yeah, or it could even be a thing that, like, when you first feed, you change your corruption move to that of the vampire. Yeah. yeah when yeah. you first manipulate someone using your wiles,
1: yeah, you gain this move. Because... What I when I was reading this story thing in in 7c the yeah. thing that I took away from it was that it's still like as as cool as it is and I really like it yeah uh, ultimately it is still that same format of like do a thing level up suddenly I've got a new thing yeah and I yeah, want that's true. like I want those those rewards those levels up to like to correspond and like it, I lo- I love that the rewards are supposed to be keyed like it's not like gain three stat thing as points to put somewhere it's gain three aim because you had to do something specific when yeah like like when you like and 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 so those those upgrades are are relative like they're specific to the story right the same way that like moves in a in a in a compendium class or a costume change would be specific to whatever the story is that you are doing
0: yeah definitely that's interesting
1: yeah, it's a it's a very interesting system. There's like ah uh, there's so much stuff about 7C that is really great. I'm still kind of wrapping my head around how like the action economy works, like how do you actually do things with the dice rolling? But everything about character creation is really good.
0: I I totally need to check this out because it falls into that very like traditional indie combination space. Yeah. That's like like, you know, being fully fair, 5th edition learned some stuff, Learned some tricks from indie games. But there's plenty of games that didn't. Mm-hmm. And 7C looks like it really learned a lot of lessons from yeah. indie games. Oh, yeah.
1: I think that from what I understand about how the the action stuff works, I think you will like it a lot. Like, just like the first whole half of the character creation, like, you've got... um, it, Like, the whole... Like, there's this whole, like, eight-step process of creating characters. And the Ugh. first... But which sounds like uh There's so like, many. And so many. But like the fir- and and but like the whole thing starts with and, and like I know, but this is and this is this is where it gets a little bit crazy, but like bring, bring it home, Dave. step step zero is like answer twenty questions about your character. Oh god. But they're not <laughs> yeah. they're not like mechanical things. They're like, where are you from? What motivates your character? What was the one okay. time they fell in love? Do they have yeah. any prejudices? Like what is your character's greatest fear? And they're designed yeah. to be around like uh, to lead you into then choosing um, your what your nationality is, what your backgrounds are. Yeah. Backgrounds are just like, backgrounds are other great ways. We should do a whole um, episode, I'm realizing, on signaling to the GM as a player what you're interested in your story being because yeah. that's what the whole background system in in uh, 7C is. It's all just like, I oh, I used to be a crafter so here are the things that, like here are some skills I used to have. Mm, yeah. I used to be a crafter and a duelist. And so like here's like the background of my character and then it, that it does give you some mechanically some stats and some advantages but yeah. it's all like slowly building together these these characters and uh and I think it's yeah. really cool. And then I'd as- I'd love to do a deep dive on 7C just mm-hmm. because I haven't
0: looked at it yet even. Yeah.
1: And then advantages are just explicitly things like you have a great smile, or you have a uh, you have a great like come hither eyes. I'm I'm in the specifically uh, uh, a well-rounded calf, yeah, uh, or yeah. super tall. You have a good sense of time, and those are all just like narrative uh, permission. Those things. were not st- were not just like straight up
0: stereotypical. Uh, oh, and actually, being tall is a straight up ter- stereotypical attractiveness thing. Yeah. Sense being of time, not so much.
1: Streetwise, being a team player, being a uh, again being a Jedi, that a de- uh, of an opportunist. Good, but um, having a patron, rich, having a Patreon, having having tenure, <laughs> having a podcast. I don't know. No, that's that's a quirk. That's a negative thing, right? But uh, but yeah, there. It's very interesting, and and th- and that's why, like, I really like the idea of the way that the stories work because so much of what goes into building a character in 7C are those narrative permissions very much yeah. like the way that uh, a mask's played. Like you almost like, it is, a, it is a much more mechanical system, but in the end, what you end up with is a list of skills that like not everybody has a rank in every skill, not everybody yeah. can just do every skill, but you get a bunch of uh, um, advantages which are like moves in that they say like, you can spend a point to do this, or like when you are trying to do stuff that only tall people can do, uh <laughs> you can do them better because you're tall or like you can reach when, the top shelf when you're trying to find out what's going on in town. You can roll your this like this die to trigger the fact that you've like told a lot of stories and have a lot of connections. they are they're not really moves, but they are narrative yeah. uh narrative permission. permission. Yeah, uh, and it's very interesting. And the stories are basically like if you said, "I'm going to." I mean, it would be basically like if you wanted to say, "If tomorrow I'm taking this advancement to become the transformed," because I'm leaving my old playbook behind. Yeah, now I'm doing a story where I want to become a transformed. I don't know, like you would say, uh, "I want to get back at the scientist that that used chemicals to destroy my family." um yeah and here's what's going to happen the 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 goal of that is that i would destroy all of the chemicals and and they and the scientists won't be able to use those chemicals to ruin anybody else and then you as the the player and the gm would say and the reward is you're going to change to the the transformed playbook because that's what you're interested in playing and yeah exactly and then Like you, I think you may even get some narrative, uh, or you may even get some mechanical dice rolling bonuses if you're doing things in line with your story.
0: Nice. I'm a big believer in really trying to hit genre trappings. Mm -hmm. And like, when Spider-Man screws up early on in the movie, he's not going to screw up later on when he's fighting the big bad. Because he needs to not at that point. Because it's the big bad. It's more important now.
1: Yeah. And... And one of the things that I do like about all of these compendium classes and stuff like this is that they help you like stories and compendium classes and um, costume changes. They help focus your character. If if they are not yeah. serving the purpose of, of transitioning you to something else, if they are just like you are a you're a uh, you're a Janus, but you also what would be a good compendium uh, uh, costume change that would for fo- the
0: for the Janus?
1: Yeah, that you would stay a Janus but not. Uh,
0: I mean, we could go for the straight up Spider-Man and give him the resurrected. Sure, okay, because that's the one that I've done. We'll link it in the show notes, probably.
1: Or, or like you mentioned before, the um, the Venom, the the symbiote. Oh costume. yeah, the symbiote. Um, yeah, and and that that is you're still a Janus, but here is now a more specific thing because yeah. when when you're playing a game, if you are just looking down at your character sheet and seeing I'm a fighter. Well, that's how you get that like old trope of all D&D characters are just murder hobos because they're just like traipsing around. Like they don't have a story. But if you say I am a cleric of this guy and I'm doing this thing, I'm trying to achieve this goal or I'm a Janus and I have to deal with this specific symbiote problem that's like pushing me in some ways and I'm resisting in others. Well, now everyone has like every character has, and, and Masks does this and most PBTA games do this sort of built in but like what is the story that your character is about right and and how because that will then conflict with other player's stories it will give you more game content um it'll give you it'll make the gm's life easier trying to figure out what to do in this episode um yeah and and so i think they're good i think that this is a this is an interesting thing um and yeah i don't know <laughs> No, I feel yeah, like I just talked a whole lot. No,
0: I think it was all really good stuff, um, and I think there's a lot of other ways you can also go around about it. I think you could make a basically a compendium class that is like the vampire thrall or something mm-hmm. like that, like we were talking about. You could also just do a custom move that is something on the lines of like, "Hey, you thirst for blood if you go 24 hours without feeding." you take a minus 1 ongoing. Uh when you do feed, check a box on this clock and take a plus 1 ongoing. And then that just like incentivizes the play. And then when you fill the clock, you're a vampire. Yeah. Uh if you go x number of days without feeding, then it doesn't connect to you. And like all of that has to do with the fiction that you're writing, right? Mhm. Like there's plenty of vampire mythos where you have the first time you feed you become a vampire and if you don't feed in time you die or you become a human again or god only knows what there's so many different things but you can build moves around the story you want to make.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's and it is interesting because I was thinking like ultimately the moral here that I'm like I'm taking out of this is like is that what we are saying is it's important to have a good idea about what you want to do with your characters and that's yeah. not like a mechanics thing that's not really a hacking thing that's just like a, a a player thing like if you are playing a character if you are playing a game that has a story then you should know what your character is doing in that story and yeah and that as game designers we can do things like make characters that have like the the like the masks playbooks are all perfect examples of this that have stories built into them and mm-hmm. if they are if you're aiming for a specific thing like a specific genre of game like Dun- dungeon world uh like dungeon world then you can do things like add compendium classes which help focus in the story of what the character is doing which add new mechanics and really what that yeah. is, is we're saying don't feel f- like feel free to 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 hack games. And yeah. and in fact, <laughs> here is like a pre-made bundled hack that we made for you. Yeah. Um, And That's we're not saying what
0: compendium classes.
1: Yeah. And it's like except that it's an, a lot of game hacking takes the form of do this instead. And with compendium classes, it's sort of saying here's a hack that says do this as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because we are who we are, why don't we sit down? Yeah. And now, in the last little bit of this podcast, and actually talk about the Resurrected because that is a sure. a, a a costume change that you have been working on, and it hopefully, uh, like it's sort of our like through uh, game design tips through examples thing. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you talk me through this? Sure. Uh, and we'll put a
0: we'll put a link to it in the show notes that so you can take a look at it. There's a possibility it'll we'll have changed some. Um. I definitely haven't tested it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, I definitely want to. I just am not one hundred percent sure when that's going to be. So, so basically, we need some Protean City characters to die so we can yeah. bring them back.
1: So, okay, so let me just tell people what I'm looking at here. Yeah. Um, the com- as I see it right now, this compendium, this this costume change is there's a title. There is a, a paragraph of the narrative explanation of how you trigger using this. Um, yeah. There uh, is an extra ability. There are some moves, um, and there is a, a moment of truth, and a drama yes. move. Yes, and so yep. those are those in addition to the drama moves and stuff you have already, or is this in place of? I know this one's a little bit weird because it's more like what happens after you die.
0: Yeah, for this one specifically, it adds an additional drama move. Okay. Um, for some of the other ones, I might change what the drama move is. Um like if I were doing the Spidey the symbiote suit for Spider-Man, yeah. Then I would probably change the celebration move to make it like a little dark and a little scary. Yeah. Just because Venom's a little dark and a little scary. Um but for this one, it was something that you gain. So when you first you uh you died, you came back, right? Uh mm-hmm. you can take this compendium class immediately at that time. Then you when you take an advancement, you can instead select one of the ones from the costume change list, right? Which is two options of take a new move from this class. Mm-hmm. Uh, one to cast aside your resurrected identity and take two adult moves. And one to unlock your final moment of truth. Okay. You also remove, retire from the life or become a paragon of the city from your list of advances until you first lose your resurrected identity.
1: Okay. So you so can't what t- die Is this? You can't retire I mean, as this. You can't retire as this.
0: You don't get to be the guy who's still obsessed with their death and still dealing with their own death. Yeah. And live a happy life afterwards. You know, like, you first have to deal with the fact that you are alive again.
1: Yeah. Nobody builds a statue to that guy who used to be Superman who then came back and thought about his life for a while but never really figured yeah. it out.
0: Yeah. Um. And so, like, What's nice about a game like Masks is you can throw all kinds of things. So, like, immediately you get you lose Retire from the Life and you get a couple of new advancements. You get a drama move when you talk about the events of your death. And you add the option, die for real this time, in red pen for a 10-plus on Take a Powerful Blow. It's not something you need to ever do, but it, like, highlights... And because, honestly, on a 10-plus for Take a Powerful Blow, you have get taken out of the fight. Which, dying is a perfectly good option when you choose that. hmm But this just makes it, like, really in-your-face. I put abilities on it just to kind of make it so that you get some cool death stuff. hmm So mm-hmm. I put supernatural presence, inhuman rage, animal transformation, and energy absorption. I love
1: animal transformation.
0: I love animal transformation, too. It's such a classic, like, vampire thing that I feel like isn't hit enough. Um, and then I basically made it so that the moves were around things you might do as you come back from the dead. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to go through the moves or not? Really, it's basically something that when you advance, you might choose one of these moves because they are death moves. You know, they're like moves that are related to this whole scenario. And theoretically, if you took this uh, costume change. You have some interest in
1: that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when you went so ab- so, I go, guess, go ahead. I, I guess what I want to know is um, not like specifically what all these moves are, but like when you yeah. were thinking about what are things that are and, like what are moves that are interesting to uh, someone who has come back from the dead. Like, what were you like when you went about creating these moves? What were you thinking that would be interesting? And and um... oh, and I guess another question would be unrelated to what I just said. Do you hang on to these moves after you lose the costume change? I mean, a big part of that all depends upon how you do
0: things uh, PBTA style. Mm -hmm. I initially had it that you cast aside your resurrected identity and take two adult moves. I'm honestly not sure that I like that. I think I might reword that, because that makes it seem like you lose them automatically.
1: Because when you when you take a new class or when you, when you change yeah. books, you, you do, might keep some of the you might old keep some your old moves. And also I did not read the upgrade. cat society, your uh, resurrected identity, take two adult moves as a like move on from this class. Oh yeah. At all. I read that as like, I've come back as George who is definitely not Clark and Superman. Um, mm. And but now I'm I'm still undead and I haven't moved on and figured out what I want to do, but no, I'm now I'm no longer pretending to be somebody else.
0: Yeah. That that is definitely something that needs clarification. Is one of those nice things about having people look at your stuff. Yeah. Um, my intention had been initially that costume changes were basically like little dalliances that mm-hmm. you don't necessarily keep advancements from. But the more I think about that, the more I kind of hate. Hate it, <laughs> you know. Like it, it's nice to be able to have like a thing where you go, "Oh, uh, Peter Parker acts this way because he
1: is back from the dead." Yeah, and
0: like even if it's fifty episodes, even if it's fifty issues later, that's still a cool thing to be able to have come back up.
1: Yeah, like he might have, uh like, like I could see any of these moves, which we still haven't, really, <laughs> which didn't like really cover, but like if yeah, I'm, but I mean, but I think that like like. um The way that damage sort of works in or consequences work in fate, when you take a consequence like you got hit, like you'll come away from that with an aspect that stays with your character for a long time, if not forever. And And I mean, like no one, no one should walk away from coming back from the dead unscathed and go back to exactly being who they were.
0: You're absolutely right, and I think that is something I should change with this, and I'm going to change, probably even before it goes live. Um, But, like, yeah, when you look at the moves, the move uh, Cold Comfort, when you comfort or support someone, if you remind them of something beautiful in life, you can roll Plus Conditions Marked instead of Mundane, is something that that can stick around. Mm -hmm. Like, because you, when you are hurting, is when you are most able to help somebody and that is very much someone back from the dead that's very much yeah like you know coming back after having seen horrible things um whereas um hi when you first reveal that you're alive to someone important your choice role plus freak and gives you some uh answers is kind of less important yeah because if you've kind of had your gotten, Yeah, you've gotten over being dead, you've already talked to everyone important.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, and if you've had your big kind of coming back from the dead moment, well now everyone knows Superman's back. So yeah. that's even if you kept that move, narratively it's going to be real hard to trigger that. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and so I think that that's kind of where that's kind of where you have to decide as the player and the GM what sticks around. Like the the final moment of truth. And I, I worded final moment of truth, because my intention is after this, you die. um, And that is, you've been on borrowed time since the moment you were resurrected, and you've always kind of known that you'd be going back. Whether it's angels, demons, or Valkyries, you're expected back home, and this time's as good as any. Push your powers beyond anything they've seen, way, way past what your body can physically do. After this, you're not going to need it anyway. And the intention for that is you take this because you've died once. Mm-hmm. And so you're able to handle taking on the burden of of really fixing a problem, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and it has that same kind of narrative control that the regular uh, moments of truth does. But this would be something that you'd have in addition to your other moments of truth just from being a mask's character, right? Yeah, I like that. Everyone else gets two, you get three. because you. Yeah. But after this third one... It's done.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, a moment of truth that, that like kills you is really interesting.
0: Yeah. I, I have to say, I, I love all of the big, stupid events where big characters die. And, and sometimes you got
1: to have that. I have, I just had an idea. Yeah. Tell hit me if me. this is a bogus idea for a, uh, uh, yeah. Um, for costume change. No, no, hit me. Um, a, a sort of post Flashpoint thing where, like, okay, like in Flashpoint, the Flash goes through and changes the past and yeah. sees some alternate things and tries to keep like changing things to make things not suck for everybody. Yeah, but ultimately, I think, or at least in mm. I don't, I haven't read the comics, I'm sort of vaguely familiar with it, but at least in the show of the Flash, the CW show of the Flash, yeah, eventually ends back up in our world. Yeah. But that but the fact that he lived through those um through those those different worlds stays with him for at least a season before the writers all yeah. forgot about it. Um <laughs> but like no shade. Um I love that <laughs> show so much. Um You do. But things like like no like like you like you could definitely have a move like that would be like, no, don't do that. Like I saw <laughs> I yeah. saw you do that thing before in a different world and it didn't go well. Don't do that. Um, or like I, when you recognize someone from an alternate universe or like from an alternate timeline, you did, um, do that sort of thing. Um, yeah. like a, a moment of truth of, let me try this one more time. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I may have to I, write I a think, flashpoint style. Comp- uh, I think class. you should.
0: Oh, I'd be so happy to work with you on that. That sounds like it could be really rad. And the nice thing about these compendium classes is they're much easier to do. Cause you only have yeah. to come up with like four or five moves. Ops, because you're probably not giving them a ton of moves. Like, if you want to give them six, seven moves, or if you want to give them moves in a feature and all that stuff, then you're writing a playbook. Write a playbook. Yeah. 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 Okay. That said, you can also do some really cool stuff with permanent character changes mm-hmm. just using a single move. Eric Sagente, uh Prime Factor X01 on Twitter, made this very cool custom move that essentially turns you into a werewolf and what's really cool about it is that it's basically just one thing you get it replaces a couple of your powers a little bit you can just like tape it to the side of your playbook yeah and you've got all the stuff
1: yeah it's it's really it's a lot like that um the the way that progressing down your innocent track Switches out your basic yeah. moves. It's a lot like that, but it's just because of a narrative trigger that like you got bit by a, a werewolf. Yeah. And that's a very cool thing to be able to to just kind of toss on. It's also like uh, even more specific than that. That's the thing I think I like about it. Is it's you're a werewolf, but it only triggers when you've marked angry.
0: Yeah. This this is also one of those things where it's like funny times that I'm working on similar things as somebody <laughs> else. Yeah. <laughs> because my um uh, kind of Hulk slash Rogue slash Douglock playbook has uh some some when you mark this condition,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, but in a very different way. So I'm I'm excited always seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll link that because it's a very cool little thing. It is, and we there need to be more werewolves in comic books.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the next uh, uh um. Ooh, we should see if they will write us a vampire thing for the next time we do a Demoniaco and Light Show episode.
0: I've actually been thinking that I might make a, um, some kind of universal monster, the Tainted or something like that, which I know is Urban Shadows also. But I I feel like a costume change is the way to do that one. With maybe one of the options being you turn into the Transformed. Cause your cause, oh cause, cause your moment of truth for that is becoming blade, yeah. And your advance into the other thing is becoming the transformed and full on becoming the thing, or maybe just becoming this straight up becoming the monster. It might need to be something with like a doom track style stuff. Okay, I'm getting into I'm getting into the reads on this. <laughs> there, there's I'll write that before we play with Jeff again.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah. Not, not for the podcast, but it's gonna be so weird to play a character that has moves if I ever change playbooks. <laughs> uh,
0: that is true.
1: If well, when when I change playbooks, when yeah, well, okay, sorry, when I if if meaning like if I change playbooks or if I change characters to a different playbook, right? True, true. Um, but yeah, I will have moves. I haven't had moves, <laughs> I've in so long. It's it's yeah, like I was true. reflecting about how like this is probably the longest uh, campaign PBTA. we've played ever, and it's the longest oh, yeah. PPTA in general we've done. Yeah. And I'm playing a character that has no moves. Yeah, that's really funny.
0: <laughs> All right, so if you have thoughts on changing your playbook, changing your class, changing your character, pursuing stories, advancing, and building your <laughs> self-up narrative permission uh,
1: things uh like we, adding mechanics stories we covered a lot of content in this episode the, the resurrected specifically yeah then we give you narrative permission
0: to find us both on twitter at stop hack and roll or individually i'm dr captain
1: Cobalt, and i'm at end the meltdowns you can find all of our episodes links to some of these games that we worked on i to make sure that some of the stuff that we just talked about is up there um yeah. And and other little tidbits of information about us at www dot com.
0: You can email us at James or Brandon at stophackandroll Um,
1: please, please find our show on iTunes or wherever you listen, uh, Stitcher, whatever podcasts, whatever you do, and review us, rate us if you can. Um, I know specifically on iTunes it helps other people find us. And helps um, make this community grow.
0: We make this podcast with support of our amazing Patreon backers. Welcome to new backers like Nick Punt, Jeff Stormer, and Baron Chug, as well as old favorites like Clay of Terminally Nerdy, Nora Blake, Benj, Corwin Leary, Chris Newton, Riverhouse Games, and the It You Trash
1: Crew. If you'd like to help support this show and check out all those goals and stuff that we talked about at the top of the show... um, Check us out at patreon.com slash roll.
0: If you can't support us financially, support our community by becoming a part of it. Uh, one of the things that really drives the creation of this show and of our other shows is having feedback from people and talking with people and seeing amazing games being made. Um, I think by the time this episode drops, it's a little late to do the 200-word RPG contests. But, but you can go oh back. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so there's many the, like, cool games being made right yeah. now. We have a, I'm so enthused a whole... about all of them.
1: So actually let me let me just before we get too far off on that tangent uh one of the big ways to oh, join our yeah. community is check us out on our discord which can be found at tinyurl.com shR discord or at dot there's a ton of good channels there if you want to talk about this podcast or Protean city but yeah like so there's the there's a makerspace channel where people have just been talking about the 200 word podcast or uh, 200 word RPG challenge. I just wrote a game last night about being a game show host who has just been handed a a cue card that tells them that everyone in the audience is lizard people.
0: I I still need to finish writing mine about uh, making an ofrenda and gathering the family together to tell stories about your ancestral connections. But I mean, lizard people
1: is also super cool. yep I can't but it was I was like, I could leave this uh I could leave this blank and not actually say what the the secret is, or I could continue just making games about dinosaurs and lizard stuff.
0: yeah. I mean, I think uh, that's what that's kind of on brand, yeah, yeah, yeah. so as you're traveling through space in the midst of an enormous ridiculous crossover event that forces all of the different characters to act in ways that they never have before and you get into a pod that rebuilds your costume and heals you using advanced alien technology that also coats you in this weird, black, viscous material, don't forget to stop, hack, and roll.
1: before we really dove into this episode. Okay. Uh, one of which oh, is... Here, give me just hear, a second. I can second. hear your dog is you. very Yeah, give me a uh, moment. Can we just get him a microphone, maybe? Oh, like, I wish. The problem is that it's in the background. If it was just like a... If we could mic him live... A feature, yeah. Yeah, if it was a feature, not a thing. Um And...